I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. How many of us in life stay in a job, relationship, or even a marriage that doesn't allow us to express who we truly are at our core? Some people never realize who they truly are because they are scared and have fear-based thoughts on not having the confidence to taking the action and stepping through the fear to see what is on the other side. I have learned through many experiences in my 52 years on this earth that if it scares me, I must. Every single time I have pushed past the fear, I experienced something new and exciting, and I grew and expanded and realized after, what if I didn't take that leap of faith and stayed on the other side of what I looked at it was safe, which is really fear. If you haven't heard my first episode where I describe how I got to now, go back and listen. When I look back at my life and realize when I was in a bad situation or wasn't living my true authentic self, I was depressed, unhappy, and always looking for others outside of me to make me happy. Once I realized I must first be happy and love who I am, then the magic in life will show up. That is when I saw who I truly am and was living in pure alignment and saw the world in an entirely different way. I then thought, what can I do to make this world a better place or make a difference in someone's life versus what can someone do for me? I remember going to college and had no idea what to study as my major and really thought I was only there to party and meet new friends. I had no clue what I wanted to be when I grew up. That mindset continued even after I got the degree. I went from job to job searching for something that would click, but nothing really did. I know that is why coaching kids at a young age before they head out to college or whatever they decide to do has become my passion. I want to save these kids time and help them discover what ignites them inside and what they love to do. Find what their passion is. My girls and I talk about it all the time. It's so fun to dream and see where it goes. Sometimes we surprise ourselves with what they discover they love to do. Play the what if game with your kids or just by yourself. Get a journal out and write at the top, what if. See what comes to you and just start writing. We are here for such a short time. We all know how fast life goes. Why sit on the other side of the street when you can cross it and watch what you can find? Miracles and magic are always waiting for you on the other side of the street. Seek inside that voice I always talk about and listen to what it is telling you. You have heard me say on this podcast before that I felt like a drifter up until I took that leap of faith when I was 30 and opened that day spa. Then bought houses and realized if I can do that, the next thing that came up was easier to say yes to. Say yes to more things like Tony Robbins says, it's when he punches his arm in the sky and says, say yes. I love that at Date with Destiny. But so on, and another, on that note, 
say yes to one of my programs, either raising confidence for kids and teens and allow me to instill them with what I believe are mindset tools that will give them the confidence to say yes to life and live with the knowing they can be, do, or have anything. Also, if you're an adult or an parent, you can take my magic path course that takes the similar tools I teach in raising confidence to another level. So you can stop second guessing yourself and take an inward look at your limiting beliefs and start living life with passion and purpose. Check out my website, ashleygonner.com or email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com. And I'll answer any questions you get on this magic carpet ride that my previous clients are flying on now. There is no better time than now because really all we have is right now. So let's get started on today's episode with my guest today, Ashley Stahl. I learned about Ashley through her mutual friend who has been on this show several months back, Jason Goldberg. I know most of you loved Jason after listening to that episode and why if one of his dearest friends is Ashley Stahl, I must meet her and learn about the magic she has uncovered in her life. Her story will blow your mind like it did mine. This podcast is such a gift in so many ways. Learning about and now meeting Ashley Stahl has definitely been a gift. Let me read her bio and then we will get started. Ashley Stahl is a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, spokesperson, and author of the best-selling book, U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, Design Your Dream Career. Through her two viral TEDx speeches, her online courses, her email list, and her show, The U-Turn Podcast, she's been able to support clients in 31 countries in discovering their best career path, upgrading their confidence, and landing more job offers. She maintains a monthly career column in Forbes, and her work has been also featured in outlets such as The Wall Street Journal, CBS, Self, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, and many more. So without further ado, please welcome Ashley Stahl to the show. Hello. <laughs> welcome. Oh, you don't even know what I've, how I've done my deep dive on Ashley Stahl this last week. <laughs> and I told you before we recorded that Jason Goldberg is just a dear friend and was on the show. And I know you love him so much. And when I saw that he always talks about you on his stories on uh, Instagram and I thought, you know, I need to know who this girl is that he loves so much (laughs) and that you said yes to coming on. It's like having this uh, celebrity to me now that I realize, whoa, the TEDx talks and the book and the, your podcast and what you've done in your life and where you've come from and the things you've learned. I want to uncover your magic. And I want to, in this show, I kind of there's so many tools that I want you to teach too that I think are amazing that you've learned through your life experience. But what really caught me and why I want you to understand why I connect with you is when I went to graduate from high school, it was 1987. So you probably weren't even born yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when I graduated, I didn't know. It was just like, oh, I guess we just go to college and then I'll figure it out. Well, I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I was like, oh, I've joined a sorority had a, went to a party, went to study, didn't know, you know, just didn't know. I changed my major at least 10 times, went from one school, moved to San Diego, finished that. I just wasn't, I always call myself a drifter Mm. and I didn't have that intention, intentionality, or didn't know what I loved. I didn't know what my passion was, Mm -hmm. but you know, now I have my 12 and 15 year old daughters 
And I have a class that I teach that has come from that desire. Now that I understand really what you've been doing, it kind of, I see why it's so profound that I need to like share this with kids so they don't get to that place and drift. (laughs) So I have my raising confidence class Mm. for these that it started kind of with the podcast a couple of years ago and getting them to understand like, what do they love? Who Mm -hmm. are they? You know, what is their, what are their core values? You know, all those things. So without me keep going here, (laughs) but anyway, you ignited a lot in me and understood like what you learned in your life as you grew up and you've, you know, and then started going, wait, is this really who I am? Is this really what I want to do? What am I doing? (laughs) So you take it for where you under uncovered your magic. And I definitely want to talk about the TEDx talk, your story of your dad and that whole thing. And where that, that kidnapping thing where you use that as a metaphor. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. As far as when I uncovered my magic, I feel like like enlightenment and self-growth and your career, it's it's a process, you know, it's not really an event. It's not like there was a moment that I woke up and was like, oh my gosh, I've officially figured it out. I feel like who we are moves. We're growing beings and organisms that are changing all the time. And pants that fit me years ago don't fit me the same now. It's like the same with your career. And so I've been in a constant experimentation and I feel like everything I've done has folded into the next thing. And the difference between, I think, me and anyone else who maybe isn't feeling fulfillment in the way that I might be feeling it is that I've given myself a permission slip to experiment. And I think that people who hold their career too tightly never allow themselves to get really close to what's right for them because you know, failure is very much so on the same block as success, you know? And so if you, you know, are in a place where you're not willing to let yourself try things on and potentially fail, you're quite far off, I think, from really figuring out what's best for you. Right. I always say everything's on the other side, you know, of fear. Everything, if you push past, I would talk about an intro, like walking, get on the other side of the street, take that leap. The minute you start taking those, yes, say those, yes, you know, say yes, like Tony Robbins, yep. say yes, say more yeses, you know, like yeah. who, you know, you'll never know. I always say, don't live with what if, what if I did that? Yeah. You know, what if I didn't yeah. do this podcast? I wouldn't be sitting here with you, you know? Yeah. But yeah. when you, we go back to the, um, that experience that you had just cause I, I think that Ted talk kind of opened my eyes to understanding like how you kind of went from this counterterrorism job at the Pentagon, yeah. all yeah. that. You- yeah. You know, I um, like kind of like I was saying with experimentation. So I grew up in a house where the news was always on. And so from a young age, I, I had a good idea of what was happening in the world just because my dad was always fighting with my uncles about politics at the table on Sundays. And for better or for worse, I had an opinion. And when 9-11 happened in New York, I had family on the East Coast and I remember feeling really impacted by that. And from there, I just kind of decided that, you know, having grown up around conversation about politics, I was inspired to be a part of the solution. And the highest way that I knew how to do that was to join the world of counterterrorism and protect people and keep them safe. And I've always been a little bit of a mama bear. Like my little brother... In high school, I remember he was a slower learner than me. Now he's a faster learner than me. I'm the slower learner, but I was really protective of him. And, you know, it was like, I'm sweet, but like, if you get close to my little brother, I will crush you. And so I feel like Mm -hmm. 
that part of me really showed up when 9-11 happened. And I, I just heard so many so- sad stories when I was in high school about it. And so I gave everything to learning foreign languages and building that career path. And then I graduated during the recession. And that was, you know, a time where people couldn't get job offers. And so I was really, really, really struggling to stand out, to get opportunities. And it was really um, intimidating to feel like it was going to be so hard for me to use my degree. And so from there, I called my university and I, after I graduated and I said, do you have a list of people who have moved to DC? And they said, yes. And so I ended up getting 2000 names and emails of people who graduated and moved to Washington, DC. I took an admin job making minimum wage in LA and slept on my parents' couch. You know, my, my high school bedroom turned into a gym (laughs) and, you know, I, I worked my way through that list of 2000 people and eventually I started getting responses and that translated into some pretty incredible opportunities. And that was when I got the confidence to move to DC. I had three job offers. And what I learned with that, you know, I fell on my face calling 2000 people, the first few calls at least, you know, but I started to learn what people would respond to and what people would not respond to. And that gave me that power and that confidence. And that's the thing. Failure usually will fold itself into confidence. Like if you fail and overcome, you fail and overcome, you teach yourself to be better because of it. So I'm so happy that I'm, you know, in the place that I am and just so grateful that now I got all these job offers and I went to the Pentagon, was working in national security, actually on a program relating to Afghanistan that was intended to prevent what's been going on now. And, you know, I just got to this place where on the sidelines of my security career, I was helping a lot of people get job offers because I had so much success with it. And that was what translated into me, yeah, being able to turn that into a career coaching business, write a book, have a podcast, have courses and, and everything. So I truly believe that when you follow what feels good, you know, your purpose is either straight in front of you or it's on the periphery. And then the question just becomes like, how do you even feel what feels good? I think so many people struggle to know what feels good for them. And, um, why do they struggle? Why do you think that? Why does, because they don't know how to feel? Yeah. People usually, it's not that they need clarity. I think the real problem is that they just need to connect to themselves and it's hard to connect to yourself. And that's the premise of my book, U-Turn. The subtitle is get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, we grew up in a world where there's a lot of noise. Even for me being young, I was told that my options included being a veterinarian or a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher maybe an astronaut if I was like dreaming really big, but that was kind of a <laughs> time. So I had really limited options handed over to me. So it kind of made sense that I didn't really feel any sense of clarity, you know, just around what to do next. So I'm, I'm so grateful now that I was able to connect myself. And I think for anyone listening, what that really looks like is asking yourself, what do I need to do or who do I need to be or who do I need to be with or where do I need to go to feel like me again? So in my case, I feel like myself when I'm by an ocean, like I go to the ocean, I reconnect to myself through journaling. I love dance classes. There's a couple, I have a lot of good friends, but there's a couple in particular that bring me back. 
Mm-hmm. And I just remain really aware of that. So I think anybody who's listening to this conversation, it's really good to just ask yourself, like, who are those people or what are those places for you that give you that sense of connection? Right. You you talk about like the three questions, like who are you always, who you are always wins? What am I good at? What do people tell me I'm good at? And what is holding me back? That That resonated with me. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I think as far as the first question that I think about is the one I gave in the TED talk, which is what do, what do you know that you wish you didn't know? Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people, that's just a starting point because people usually know what's not working for them and they don't like it because it's inconvenient, but you know, our cells are regenerating every like 90 days. Is it like our bodies aren't even the same by the end of a few months? Like we are designed to change and to shift. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's this human condition that we're all in right now where we're clinging for security and predictability. And we are willing to exchange the rigidity of a plan for the alignment and freedom that comes with being who you are. And again, being who you are moves. So giving yourself that permission slip to say, what do I know that I wish I didn't know? I know that I'm not in the right relationship anymore. I know that my job isn't working. I know that I need to have this hard conversation. I know that I need to go to the doctor. Um, And I think that's the opener for starting to create a life that you're actually really satisfied by and happy about. When people come to you, Ashley, and they, I mean, you've helped what, thousands, millions of people. Um, When they come to you and they're, and I, you know, I see people, I mean, I've lived my life and watched people. I know the ones that are so stuck in their ways and can't live, they live in fear and there's no way they're going to change. It's just way out of their comfort zone. And that was how their mom and dad were. So, you know, they don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other ones that are like jumping from one thing to the next and, you know, not really knowing kind of like a hamster wheel, you mm-hmm. know? And I feel like when you can find the balance between those two things is like where I feel like is kind of the sweet spot. Do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah. I think that, tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that. I just feel like you're either on this side of the wall with, you know, I, I can't do that. I, I never saw my mom and dad. They've lived in the same town my whole life. I've done the same job. I'm afraid to do anything different versus the other person over here going to different jobs, trying to find themselves, you know, searching, searching, never finding themselves, like running the hamster wheel. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. When the question is like, how do you, how get- do you, you, when you have people, I, I just feel like, you know, when you, people come to you, Mm-hmm. And you sit there and you're like, okay, let's, let's dial this in. Let's get you where you can, I can point you in a direction, set you on this trajectory that you can, you know, be free and live this amazing life that you yeah. are supposed to be living. Yeah. That you are, that who it's who you are, what you yeah. love. Yeah. You know, I think that one of the challenges is people don't know what they don't know. So if you've been in a world that's very limited in scope of what you've been presented, what beliefs you've been shown, I mean, we come into the world and our thermostat in our minds is set by our parents. Like, what do they think about money, success, or possibility? And that tends to be what we learn through our experiences, being around them day in and day out. And it's it's only until we decide to say, what, what do we want our thermostat to feel like? What do we want it to be? What do we want the options to be? That we truly have that opportunity to create who we are and what we believe. I think another part of it is very tactical. A lot of my work as a career expert and a a podcast host and an author, it's about educating people on what are their actual options? What's out there that they don't even realize is out there? 
you know, the amount of weird job titles and things that exist that people don't know about is, is amazing. And even right now we are in a very quickened time. You know, there's some decades that it takes for weeks to happen. And then there's, you know, some decades that happen in weeks. And that's what COVID was. It's like so much progress has happened in just weeks. And so we are in a time right now where we don't even know what job titles are going to exist in the next five years because they don't exist yet, but they will. And so I think it's really important to give yourself that permission to get support and have conversations. And if you can't afford a career coach or somebody like me, that's okay. Read books, listen to podcasts, have conversations with friends, ask them, you know, to me, whenever my life flattens out and plateaus, I always ask myself, like, who do I need to have a conversation with to carry my life forward? I find that there's just a lot of wisdom to be had with people in general. So I've made a point to just say, you know, when things are not feeling right, like, who do I need to talk to? You know, and that's it. I know you're a big on, um, conversations and, you know, meeting people and really engaging and trying to, you know, connect. But I want to go back to money mindset because something struck me today when I was listening to you and how your dad lost everything and went bankrupt when you were growing up and how that, that was a trauma in your life that kind of stuck with you. Cause we all have that, how our parents had, you know, their money mindset really until we realize we can change it. It sticks with us and we continue this the cycle. So explain that because I remember you saying something about your business was like an ATM machine. I love that, how you were, went from, explain that story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, that's like a huge story. Um, where I could start with that is that I wanted to create an online course. I was helping people when I was at the Pentagon. It was, I was teaching people how to fix their resume. And eventually within a couple of years that turned into a business. And I wanted to do a online webinar that would lead people into a course that I truly loved about how to get a job. And after about one or two years of just failing to get people to, I mean, you have to spend money on advertising to get people to find out about your webinar. So I spent two years building it and nobody came. And then one day I hired a mentor and his integrity felt questionable because he He lived in Alaska, which there's nothing to say wrong with living in Alaska, but he always wanted to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And he was making people so much money. I was, it's not that, you know, money is the number one motivator, but it it made no sense that he would make practically pennies compared to what he can make, you know, on his own versus helping people do what he knows how to do. Right. It kind of felt like he was out of integrity in some way, or maybe he'd gotten in trouble before. But what I did know was that he was very smart and he was helping me with my webinar. And eventually it shifted and I would pay $5,000 in advertising. And one day I got $50,000 in sales. And that was the beginning. First, I thought it was a freak accident. And I asked him like, you know, is this really happening? And he was like, yep, it's data. Data stays consistent. Now you can just spend more on ads. And it's like an ATM, like you put in money and you get more out. And I just couldn't believe that that was possible in my life. And I don't know. That's the thing about young success is like, sometimes it comes a little too soon and you're not at that maturity level that it might take to keep it or nurture it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, there, there was so much that I could say about that time, but when all of the money, millions of dollars started coming in, I hired lawyers to look at everything. They took a month to give me the green light and tell me that it looked good. I turned off all my advertising and they ended up 
telling me everything was fine. So I turned the advertising back on and my conversions on, on my ads didn't work anymore. And so I had 10 employees and a product that wasn't selling anymore after it showed a lot of promise. And it was a very humbling experience to go for millions of dollars in what really seemed like overnight to not making, you know, to, to losing basically everything and having a huge team behind me. And obviously there's a lot more to the story, but I don't want to bore everybody with that. No, but it was explain how that bankruptcy where you stopped, there was a meaning in there that caught me because that made me think of my childhood and how I was raised. And then I'm thinking, I wonder what I've done in my life that if I did, you know, catching it like you did, where you're like, wait, I stopped. I questioned it, you know, doubting this money coming, stopping it, calling the officials to make sure it's right. (laughs) And then it just, and then you question it and I'll end it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about money is like, you are the resource. So you're the one who knows how to make it. And people say in in the entrepreneur community, which I think is actually quite damaging. They say, if you could do it once, you could do it again. And while the intention behind that is actually quite motivational, the truth is you're also working with a market that's always changing. And something that's going to work in today's market might not work in tomorrow's market. And that's very real. If you're a resourceful entrepreneur, you can keep innovating, but that doesn't change the humility of realizing that the market is who decides who does well, not just you. And so the market had changed by the time I came back online. Talk about perfectionism. Yeah. I mean, I talk about that in my TED talk. You know, it's, I just think that people who are perfectionists, it's just a mask that we all wear when we're afraid of failure. You know, I think it's very, very natural for people who, you know, are extremely afraid of being seen or being vulnerable or putting themselves out there, which is a lot of us, totally fair, that they turn to perfectionism as a way to prevent themselves from going through humiliation, as a way to prevent themselves from being exposed. And in in exchange for that moment of preventing that feeling, they give hours and hours to being seemingly perfect so that, you know, everything can go perfectly right. And it's just, I find it quite painful for people to hand their lives over to perfectionism when they could free up so much time to be who they are, to, right. to not be in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned in my life, just as my age of 52, <laughs> that you know, I look back and think, gosh, that perfection, being perfect and being afraid to be who I am or not what people are going to like and always how it hinders you in your growth and in everything. But I look back at my, who I know lives like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, you're going to, what do you want? You're going to live till you're a hundred and then still wish, you know, you can't do it because you're not perfect. Yeah. It just is such a, not a disease, but you know, it's like this, this ailment that people put upon themselves when it's just so easy. Once you do one time to go, you know what? I don't, I don't care what people think. Let me just try it. Once you get, it's just the same thing as when I say, say yes, keep just saying yes. Just keep saying yes. People that are looking at you that aren't thinking, what are you doing? Wouldn't do it. So, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing about being in other people's beliefs is that sometimes when you feel a sense of contraction or constriction, and you feel kind of cornered by what somebody's saying, it's just feedback that you're caught in their belief system and their frame of how they see the world. And just to step back and out, you know, don't get caught in other people's beliefs. Right. And your book, let's go to your book. Yeah. 
Oh, I loved it. And I was listening to the audible version. Oh, thank you. And your voice. And gosh, I'm thinking, you know, I think you're 34 years old, you know, how accomplished your story with, you know, the diversity of your, you know, career path and where you are now and moving from LA just out of a inspired thought to New York. Yeah. yeah. You know, and tell me how, like living at 34 years old, you just wrote a book how, in 2020 right? Yeah. It came out in 2020. Yeah. Uh, it took you three years to write it. Mm-hmm. Explain that process. And, you know, even writing a book is a dream of mine. And I keep, you know, it's like, I, I think raising children too, it's not a, my excuse or yeah. my story or, but you know, that's something that when I see someone that did that, it's such an inspiration to me and that I hear it took you three years. Yeah. Tell me that process and what, what inspired you? Like even the name is so cute and that you turned it into your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I was going through a really challenging time when I lost all my money. My sister also had a stroke and passed away really abruptly, my big sister. And I also was with somebody for five years and he proposed and I called off our wedding. So going through millions of dollars that I thought I had that I lost, which is really a privilege and a first world problem. And I'm super aware of that. Right going through the death of a sibling and then also the death of a relationship, a five-year relationship had me somewhat on the floor, you know, like in tears, but there's also something in my personality that gets really still in times of crisis. So I felt kind of pregnant with my book. I kind of felt like I have so much to say right now and rock bottom is so sacred. It, it strips you. And the great thing about being powerless is that your only choice is to surrender. And what's so great about that is that surrender is such a powerful experience. It allows you to kind of, I don't know, just relax Mm -hmm. and um, trust, right? Trust. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you surrendered and trusted and we're pregnant with this book. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to start writing a proposal and I hired a writer to just kind of babysit me because I needed someone to keep me accountable because as a writer, resistance is just like in the same neighborhood as creativity, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. So, yeah, I just sat there for, um, and I paid the writer to sit with me for two days and held myself accountable to write the book. And you know, I think it's funny because I would call my mom and say, oh, I've got writing block. And she'd say, oh, well, you don't have talking block. Why do you have writing block? <laughs> and, you know, even to this day when I book keynotes and travel for speaking, my mom's like, oh, that's so funny. People are paying you to talk. That's so silly. Like, she's so sweet. My mom's so supportive and she makes, she plays with me with with these things. But yeah, it took me three years because I ended up going with, a, getting a book deal with a publisher And it was a really nice book deal, a lot of money. And I was in debt. So it was really important to get that. And turns out they wanted to change my vision. And so after kind of receiving their feedback on how they wanted the book to be and, you know, the title they wanted to change, I refunded them a six-figure check and went to a different publisher to stay in integrity with myself. And I think it's really important as a person that wrote a book called U-Turn, Y-O-U-Turn, to not be afraid to make a U-turn at any time and um, to remove the shame in being a a growing person who needs to change. That's like the most natural thing in the world and breaking up with people, changing jobs, not liking your job, you know, wanting to change your body. All of this is just normal. We're designed for change. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're designed to reinvent ourselves. If you read some of the best-selling books of our time right now, Sapiens being one of them, the number one argument is that reinvention is the most important skill that you can have during this time. Yes, we were talking about that, my husband and I, because I was telling him the name of your book this morning. And he's like, gosh, you think of, you know, what we've gone through in the last two years or almost two years, you know, and everyone, I mean, not everyone, but, you know, the majority, we had to pivot and U-turn Yep. and experience change. And a lot of people that fear change, it was, there's no choice. You know, and I love change. I've always been one to like take that adventure and, you know, try this and let's, that doesn't work. I'll try that. I've always kind of been, I think, cause I did when I was in my twenties, I'm like, (laughs) I just kept, I'm like this adventure seeker. But when you think of people, when I thought of your book and I'm reading all the chapters and thinking of if someone has that book and has that, those, that guideline that you give them. And then at the end of each chapter, they have something to do. Yeah. But I think when people are afraid to change when there's like, well, I've got you now <laughs> in yeah. this, in this era where we're at this stage of our life right now in 2021, such a great guiding light that you, and the way you talk, it's like talking to your friend. Thank you. Yeah. I was really influenced by Stephen Chbosky who wrote uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. He wrote with a level of intimacy in that book that I remember when I read it and I was 13 years old, it really, really influenced the way that I saw writing. And I've learned that getting through to people and and getting through to yourself as a writer is, it's kind of like what this producer said, what Parasite, a Korean producer, amazing man. He said, what is the most personal is the most creative. And it very much so rings true for me as a writer. And to be able to get through to so many people who are in pain and not sure what career path is right for them are in a job that they don't like, but they don't know what's next. It's like such an honor to be this bright yellow book in their hands that is giving them so much about who they are just based on the past 10 years and this body of work that I've developed. And I take that really seriously that people give me that time in their life to sit and read my story and my tips so that they can go figure out their own career and feel fulfilled as well. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're, you know, we all have a story and we all have a book inside of us. You know, I always say that to all my friends and clients, but I look back at your life and you went to the University of Santa Monica and I had a Donna Bond was on my show a few episodes back and she went there too. And I had a friend, I have a few friends that have gone there, mm. but in my heart, what I've gotten from you, you, you weren't, you didn't grow up religious. You grew up kind of had that spiritual interest and that's, yeah. is that what drew you to that school? Cause that's. Yeah. Yes. And no. I mean, what really drew me to it was that my dad is Jewish and my mom is Christian. And so I kind of grew up with them telling me to go discover what I'm into. Like there was no pressure for me to know who I am or pick a religion. There was very much so a communication from my parents of explore religion and find yourself. And what I found was spirituality. And I found that I I never had resonance with structured religion. And I have a lot of respect for it. I think that the morals and values that religion stands for is often really beautiful. Just not my thing. Yeah. And do you use that in your business now? Yeah, I think that every entrepreneur has a bit of fairy dust in some way or another. And I guess I would say that spirituality and mindset and all the insight that I've gotten through working on my own mindset at USM and 
um, that that's just been a key core ingredient and fairy dust, really a little bit of fairy dust that comes in the back of my tactical tools. Didn't your grandma have a really deep spiritual connection and rubbed off on you? Yeah, she was very, very Christian, but she still kind of had those principles that she would teach me. And so even though she was, and I write about her a lot in my book, even though she was speaking through the lens of God and Jesus and being a Christian woman, I often saw what she was sharing through the lens of like being a human being. And and I, I think that that's the way that life is when it comes to spirituality is take what you like and leave what you don't, you know, right. just, and that's it. So super grateful to her for that. So now that you're 34, you just moved to New York. And when you say it was an inspired thought, when I asked you like, what brought you to New York? Is it just one in a meditation? Does you, do you listen to your inner voice? What is, what's leading you to the next breadcrumb? I I listen to my inner voice all the time, but in this particular case, I was on a business trip in New York. Half of my friends moved out of LA. My little brother moved to Miami and something about LA felt complete. And I've never felt that before. I love LA. I've grown up there my entire life. I've lived in many cities. I've lived in Paris. I've lived in Washington, DC. I've lived in London. I went to grad school there. And so, you know, New York and Miami kind of felt like the two last places on my list. And when I was on a business trip here, I just felt like, you know what? It's time for me to try this pace. And it takes a lot of energy to change vibes. You know, LA is a very calm, earthy, I mean, some people would call it superficial, but I had nothing but a great community there. Right. But New York is, I mean, you walk outside your door and it's just alive as it gets. And it's taken some time for me to adjust to that. And I'm, I'm just so glad to be here and so glad to be, I don't know, a New Yorker. Do you live in that place of, oh, I don't know what, let's see what tomorrow brings, see where the path leads, or are you a planner? Both. Tomorrow is too soon. So I would say, let me see how I feel this year about this. And when you, in the morning, do you have your routine where you like meditate and read books or write your gratitude? Yeah. That kind of a person. I love that stuff and I do have that, but I'm in a place right now where I'm very much so like finding my cadence, figuring out like, what is my life in New York? I just moved here. So I'm not there yet with kind of knowing that side of it. But in LA, but grow up until this 34 years, yeah, um, Ashley Stahl, are you that kind of a person? Is that important? Sure. Yeah. Every morning I would make my coffee, which is like, you know, have no shame about being addicted to coffee, which is <laughs> what it right. is. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Like elixir of life. And then I grab my journal and I write at the top, what do you need me to know today? And I just write whatever message is coming through. And it's always super unexpected. Like the amount of things that channel from my brain to my hands that I had no idea was even there is incredible. And I get a lot of solutions and it feels really supportive to have some sort of tool in my day-to-day life that gives me answers from me and not from someone else. Mm-hmm. And um, I have good support in my life. So I'm not afraid to ask people that I love and trust, like, what do you think of the direction I'm going with this or that? But largely, um, I can confidently say that that journaling question of what do you need me to know has given me so much insight that I really don't think I could have gotten elsewhere. Yeah. I love that. And I do that. I do free writing too. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to start with that now. That's going to yeah. be my new little tool. But you know, when you do write free, write, And I tell the girls to write, I tell the client, like, just if you're questioning something or 
you know, try, just start writing, just yeah. see what, look at and focus on your pen and don't even think of what the thoughts are in your mind. And it's just channel. I mean, that's the channeling, a way to channel your higher self is kind of what I call it. Yep, exactly. But do you have that connection with your higher self? Do you have that? Yeah, I'm constantly collecting information from my higher self. It's pretty nonstop. So I'm constantly hearing a voice in my head. Sometimes it makes no sense. You know, sometimes I'll be wanting to go to a certain restaurant and it'll tell me like, no, you don't want to go there tonight. And I actually have just made this decision to live a way of life where I make it safe for myself to listen to that voice and against reason. And I think, you know, if you're too far on the side of logic and reason, you're not calculating your emotions. And if you're too far on the side of your emotions, you are not using reason. So I think some people need a ladder from their head to their heart. Others need them from their heart to their head. But all of this said, um, I'm constantly trying to bring both of those into the equation. Yeah, I love that. Isn't it fun to get to where you have that control or you have that knowing, you know, mm-hmm. that how powerful you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are really powerful. And I think that's one of the big things you're taught when you start a coaching business is like all the value lives in the client, not you. Like humble yourself and remember that as the coach or facilitator, you're not the one that's going to bring out the magic. They are. Right. And it's so fun to watch that. I get so much thrill from watching people discover their magic. So now that you're in New York, are you going to start dating? Do you want to get married one day? Do you want to have children? Are you just a businesswoman? I know you have your dog. I've yeah. seen cute pictures of him. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's me and my 90-pound German Shepherd Jupiter in New York together. Oh. And I just have started dating and it's been really fun. And the men of New York are like a completely different breed than the men of Los Angeles in my experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning so much about New York through meeting people and connecting with them. I think dating is such a good personal development exercise and non-attachment. Like, and it's been really beautiful to just like get to know people and move forward with my life. And have you, how long has it been since you broke up with your five-year relationship? Oh, that's been since I broke up with him in 2016. Okay. Uh, but more recently in this past year of COVID, I ended things with a, a really amazing partner and um, just got ready to start dating again, which feels yeah. really fun. Do you, how do you create that in your life? Well, I mean, there's a blend, like there's a lot of introductions from friends. There's a lot of like, I'm out and somebody talks to me. So, so far it's just been like a blend of friends and friends of friends. But do you do anything, a process in your mind? Like, do you see who you want to be with? Do you write out like, he looks like this, he has these qualities, that kind of thing? Yeah, I have written that stuff down, but I'm not attached to it. I will say that I'll take a look at what was I not getting in my past relationships that became the reason I left and making sure that I stay cognizant of that because when your brain chemistry goes haywire, it's hard to remember what you need versus what you want because everything feels so good. So I've really made a point to say, okay, how do I stay in integrity with what I know that I want? I just, I look at my past, I write it down. I look at that list often. um, And then I detach from it because I know that life is bigger than a list and who you're going to be with often doesn't fit your bill of exactly who you thought you're going to be with. And that's great news because sometimes life is your coach and it shows you the answer more than you thought mentally you had it. Right. I think a little Jupiter, big Jupiter in that, yeah. is it a, an adjustment for him to get used to living like that in New York? <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I feel like I'm the, I'm a lucky girl because I'm the only person I know in Manhattan with a backyard for my dog, a private backyard. Oh. So he hangs out out there. He loves the fall wind. He's like smiling like Pablo Escobar in um, Narcos, like just standing out there, taking in the wind, feeling. So I love watching him just be happy. And, you know, dogs are like people, like you can see on their face how they feel. And it's been really cool to see how much joy he has here. Oh, I love that. I think it's just, you know, to watch a single girl, because I can relate because I was single until I was 34. I didn't have paid 35. I got married when I was 36. So I waited a long time and I did all the things to fulfill my soul, you know? So when I knew I had found the person and knew who he was, it was like an instant awakening. Like, oh, there he is. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's the like, oh, that was, and I tell, you know, I tell people that are searching, I'm like, you'll, you'll get to that point where you'll just know who it is. Yeah. But I think for me, having my, twenties and thirties to really like discover who I am and fulfill any kind of desire that I was wanting to fulfill that I probably couldn't have if I was with another person, maybe. Yeah. But and then having my dogs like you, so I relate to you. But mm-hmm. I was thinking how, you know, when you think of you going, you know, a new area, 34, you have this amazing business. You do you see like start speaking more? What's your, what do you see yourself in 10 years? Are you going to be married, children? Just be this. What is it? Tell me your 10 year vision. Yeah. I love this question. What a fun question you're asking. I, I definitely think I want to have a family and I'm ready for my dream partner whenever he comes. And I'm, um, if anything, I'm in a really abundant time. Like every date I've been on in New York, I've had nothing but good conversation and inspiration. So I think I'm just must be vibing higher for myself. I don't know. Um, but I have a speaking agent and I actually meet with him this week to speak a little bit more about my positioning and our intentions for me as a speaker. But I've been really busy with a couple of keynotes every month, traveling a lot. I actually am heading to London next week and Vegas the following week. Oh, fun. Yeah. So I'm keeping really busy with that. And I, I find there's a lot of meaning in speaking. I'm actually an introvert by nature, so it, it does take it out of me, but I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world. But to get on the stage at those TEDx talks that you did, you know, that takes so yeah. much. I just I sit there and visualize. I'm like, I wonder one day I could get up on a stage and talk like like, you could. like Ashley Stahl does and take over the oh stage and have all the confidence and you know, talk take, you know, talk about your story and you know, listen, look at the crowd. I was, there was one video that I was seeing the people in front of you. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, but you don't, you don't have that. You just, you just know, you get out there, you have the confidence, you just go. Well, I mean, like Dan Sullivan, the life coach says, you know, fear is wetting your pants and doing, you know, courage is doing what you need to do with wet pants. So it's, it's <laughs> I'm no different than anyone. I definitely feel a sense of fear in my body, but I still go on stage. And that's really the only difference between me and anybody else. What has been the best advice? Some, I was thinking when you talk about people and their quotes, but what has been your best, like someone giving you advice? Mm-hmm. I mean, I talk a lot in my book about this idea of who you are always wins. And it really has impacted me because I do really think that what I mean by that is who you are always wins means like who you really are, what you really want is going to shine through. So do you want to listen to it today, tomorrow, next week? Because eventually you're going to have no choice. 
but to listen to it. Because if you don't listen to it, life's going to hit you with a two by four, usually, unfortunately, and mm-hmm. make you listen to it. So I try to encourage people like really to honor who they are today because it's eventually going to get so loud that they have to honor it anyway. And I would rather everyone get into their life and out of their head. Right. How would you, was your, I think thinking of you having family and raising a daughter, I can just see how strong you are as a mother. What would be really important things for you to raise a daughter, knowing what, how you were raised, Mm -hmm. you know, how you've been up until now, like what the things that you find that are important? I love that question. You know, my, I guess I should be asking you because you probably have so much more experience in this category, but one thing that my parents did really beautifully amongst many things was that they gave me a lot of permission to explore who I was and what I believed. And so it feels really important for me not to get in the way of someone becoming who they are and being a neutral observer with feedback and insight based on how I see things, making it really clear that the other person, like, you know, my child needs to choose how they see things it completely separately from me. I really want to cultivate that sense of self for someone like, on you know, just really support and nurture that. Yeah. I think that just like having a, you know, a dog, I always have plans and company and there's a lot of, I mean, it's definitely easier living my life without my dog. You know, he requires a lot, mm-hmm. but it's better with him. And so I wouldn't change it for the world. And I think that's probably what it will be like with kids. Like as a speaker who's traveling all the time, it's probably easier for me to not have them, but it's much better with them. And I'm, I, I think life is about fulfillment. And so I'm making choices from that lens. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And thinking of you dating and trying to find on your journey to search for this amazing man, that's going to come into your life. When you look at the qualities that, cause I look at you because I had, you know, a, a lot of masculine energy because I ran my business. I, yeah. you know, did my own thing up until I met Richard. And, you know, so it was hard for me to, I had to really find a, a balance of feminine yeah. and masculine. Yeah. Do you understand? Do you get that? Like, because I feel a lot of, you're so strong and you have this energy where you're like, take on the world. But yeah. Is it hard for you to bring your feminine in or is that easy for you? Um, that's what has been so important with dating is like everybody that you're with, whether it's a friend or a romantic partner, I think they're part of a bigger cocktail, which is them plus you equals what version of you is coming out. And I think in the self-help space, there's a lot of pressure to take responsibility, which is important, but then also sometimes people spiritually bypass situations that are not good for them by justifying it as they are responsible for themselves and they need to shift how they see something versus accepting that you know, the combo isn't ideal. And so I've done a lot of work to pay attention to who brings out my feminine, who brings out my masculine. And um, I think an evolved soul can, you know, work through and be in both energies. So I've been really aware of who am I going to be with and what kind of energy do they bring out for me? Yeah. Does it matter their career? There's that kind of stuff to you? I think I just need someone who's capable and who I believe in, in their career. I do have a lot of, you know, power girl friends that I think are amazing in their career. And it feels important for them that they're not a breadwinner alone. And I think we're very much in a time right now in society where that's kind of like each person on their own decides kind of what that means for them or if that matters for them. In my case, just being with somebody that I truly believe in, someone who's happy with who they are and what they're doing is my focus. Yes because you are happy with who you are and you love yourself. And I, when you love yourself and you're happy with your life and who you are, 
that is what you will attract. That will be what mirrors you to come into your life. And I believe in that 100%. Exactly. And I think that, um, you know, being with, if I'm with somebody that isn't happy, I have tendencies just knowing myself to try and help them. And I don't know if that's the kind of like partnership I'm looking to create. I'm looking more for somebody that can mutually support me in many ways. Right. Oh, I love it. We're coming to the end. So you have your book, you turn, are you going to write another one? I'm sure I will in my life, but definitely right now I feel emptied out by that book. Like I You're said, not pregnant yet with the next yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, no pregnancy here with the book. Maybe, maybe I'll be pregnant with a kid or somebody something at some point, but just not there yet. Yes. And then uh-huh. your um, website is just ashleystall.com. Yes. Jupiter. <laughs> my dogs Jupiter were barking. barking. Needed to go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I left the door open and they're running around barking. Got <laughs> um, to surrender, right? Yep, I do. And I used to not, but now it's like, oh, let them bark. Um, And then your website, ashleystall.com. What -hmm. other things on your, there was something on your website that I did the free clarity. Oh, yes. I have a free quiz at ashleystall.com slash free quiz. Yes. And I, it was fun to answer that because it even gave me like what the dog, like I was, because I have golden retrievers, (laughs) but you know, like how you, how that comes how you put it together and the questions you asked. And I was like, huh, that was interesting. I never thought of that. Like, am I a person at the party that, you know, just wants to have one conversation with the person or am I the one that's at the part, you know, the, the life of the party? Yeah. That was interesting. Thank you. Yeah. I love that quiz. And for anybody who needs it, it's just a quiz to help you figure out what your skills are and what that means about you in the workforce. Yes. So check out ashleystall.com and her book and her podcast, U-Turn. You will love everything about her like I do. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking time out of your move in (laughs) to your cute little apartment. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already... Please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.